Blog Talk Radio. Corruption. Racism. Xenophobia. White supremacy. Healthcare protections hanging by a thread. Law enforcement encouraged to commit acts of brutality. Peaceful people being separated from their families. And at the helm, a man beholden to Russia who is so unhinged that his actions could actually lead us to nuclear war. Join Liberal Dan Radio, Talk from the Left, That's Right, Wednesdays at 8 p.m. Central on Blog Talk Radio. Together we must stand against the destruction of this country and the ideals we hold dear. Before it's too late. To join the show, call in at 914-205-5772. That is 914-205-5772 on the show's thread on uh, blogtalkradio.com, the show page, rather. You can also join us in the chat room and leave your questions there. I'll comment on them as time allows. And if you're listening after the live broadcast, you can always listen or leave your comments on the show thread over at liberaldan.com, or you can also respond to me at Twitter, at liberaldanradio on Twitter. As always, beginning of every show, we like to start with this week's headlines. Carlton Henderson jumped out of a freezer while waving a knife at his coworkers the other day. He then died of a cardiac arrest. Police believed him to be a killer in a cold case. Perhaps the police shouldn't have yelled freeze. August 5th was the birthday of the Mars rover. Every year on its birthday, it plays itself happy birthday. Alone. All alone. Isn't that sad? In entertainment news, Sir Patrick Stewart is set to reprise his role as Captain Jean-Luc Picard from Star Trek The Next Generation. That shaking you felt was simply the millions of nerdgasms happening all over the planet. Glenn Jacobs, otherwise known as the wrestler Kane in the WWE, is now the mayor of Knox County, Tennessee. No one knows if he will show up to work in his mask or not. Finally, good news. Map Maker, uh, the game that I talked about two weeks ago on the show, uh, the Kickstarter finally finished, and they got over $65,000 in sales, were able to get all of the stretch goals, not just the four that was discussed in that show, but they added two more stretch goals, and they met all six. So congratulations to Map Maker, to the creators of the game, and congratulations to hopefully this country who might start learning a little more about gerrymandering and the issues that come with it and i really hope these these developers do really well with this game and maybe we'll have even more games coming out in the future teaching us how to uh you know vote properly um that was this week's headlines so but there is something you know usually my headlines a little snarkier but i want to leave this off the headline but that we have we've had an example of people who voted for Trump who 
plainly just revolting against their best interests. Now, there's the you know, people who are the working class who don't realize that everything he's doing is to help out the rich folks, and they don't care. They just want to support him for whatever reason, um, and they're not getting helped out as they would get helped out if they were to perhaps support a different party. I'm not talking about those people necessarily. I'm talking about the people that are being directly harmed. We have had, I've seen news stories on several of these cases where you have a conservative family, somebody who voted for Trump, proudly voted for Trump at the time at least, who now for some reason didn't realize that, oh, I have somebody in my family who is in this country in violation of our border policy or immigration law, and we need to make sure that, you know, that person is protected. So let's not vote for Trump. That's not what they did. They voted for Trump regardless of the xenophobia that he was spreading during his campaign and then seemed kind of shocked now that Donald Trump would follow through on his promises in being xenophobic. I don't know why these people thought that it would be different. I don't know why these people go, well, maybe we'll just, he'll just take it easy on them after the election because it's all talk. No, he's coming after every one of you. Just you wait. There'll be more. I wonder, wondering if there's going to be a point where he deports so many people that he makes it impossible for him to lose the election because everybody who's had their election, who's had their uh, relatives thrown out of the country since electing him president may choose to go another way. We'll see. Uh, I don't know how many Trump supporters are willing to be that, I guess, willing to give up on their faith in Donald Trump. Because a lot of them treat, I said this on Facebook the other day, um, that conservatives fall in line, liberals fall in love. Liberals will have a liberal candidate that will be just the new thing, the great thing, and everyone gets behind him or her. And then, and I'll get to one of those in a second. And then, you know, that person doesn't win, and they feel like you just jilted their lover. And as such, they're not going to support you anymore. Whereas the Democrats, or the Republicans, rather, will go and vote. And then at the end of the day, they'll still vote for the Republican because they fall in line. They might treat the person irrationally as their candidate. But even if that person doesn't, the person that they initially wanted doesn't get in, they're going to fall in line for the most part and vote for the person the Republican Party supports. So that's, that's problematic in and of itself. But maybe Donald Trump is going to start deporting enough people so that all these people that he deports maybe they'll be related to enough Trump supporters to make them former Trump supporters and flip the script on him. Maybe even in 2018, hopefully at least in 2020. So there's that issue. Another issue that... You know, I found it interesting. This is actually a little bit of an older case, but somebody happened to share it about a year and a half from about a year and a half ago. Marissa Alexander, I've discussed her on the case on the show before, because her case was that she's a black woman in Florida, denied the ability to stand your ground. 
because she fired a warning shot. This is how stupid Florida Stand Your Ground law is. Had she just hit the dude's center mass and leveled him and not fired a, quote, warning shot, she could have, sta- she could have stated that she was standing her ground and they would have not been able to do anything about it. They would have said, okay, you were standing your ground. He was coming at you. So, in her case, you know, she fired a warning shot, so she didn't actually use deadly force, so she couldn't claim self-defense. She didn't claim stand your ground. So, this is what Marissa Alexander wants to do. Now that she's free of her ankle monitor, she can ride a bicycle and stroll on the beach. Uh, she says she never wore an umbrella when she got home because she just wanted to feel the rain on her skin. And that's nice. But after spending half a dozen years locked up in prison or confined confined to her house, she got convicted of aggravated after she convicting aggravated assault for firing their warning shot. Who was towards something who was abusive and she was saying was abusing her again. And she was finally freed on January 27th. Uh, She plans to take up the fight, according to the New York Times, for domestic abuse victims and push for a change in what advocates have called the uneven application of Florida Stand Your Ground Law. She will advocate amending the law in order to make the burden of proof proof of off-dependent, excuse me, in order to take the burden of proof off defendants who now have to demonstrate in pretrial hearings that they acted in self-defense and deserve immunity from trial. No. Why would she do this? She is saying, stand your ground is flawed because I was not allowed to stand my ground. So instead of saying, let's change the law to allow victims of abuse who, are, who might want to fire a warning shot or to allow anybody who is, feels like they're, they're being threatened, anybody who fires a warning shot first, say, look, firing a warning shot is not against the law. It's standing your ground, and it can be used as a way to stand your ground. Nope. That's not, what it, that's not what she wants to do. What she wants to do is she wants to take it away. She wants to make it so that people raising the affirmative defense of standing your ground don't have to prove it. That's the same with an affirmative defense, though. When you raise an affirmative defense, you should absolutely be required to show. You should. Why? And, and people say, well, you're, you're, a, you're a defendant. You shouldn't have to prove your case. No, in normal cases, it's the job of the prosecution to prove beyond reasonable doubt that the defense, the defendant's, is someone who is guilty. But if you're saying, hey, I killed this guy, but I did it in self-defense, and you don't have to prove that it was reasonable, well, you should have to prove that your, that your fear for your life was reasonable, including various pieces of information. It's just... You, you can't... You shouldn't be able to just claim stand your ground and then go, whoop, done. And she's looking to take that away from stand your ground. She's looking to basically say, you just get to claim stand your ground, 
without even a peep. How you get that case of that guy in Florida where the girlfriend was parked illegally in a square parking spot. Guy comes up, starts yelling at her. He comes up, starts yelling at him, pushes him down. Maybe wrong for pushing him down, but not a threat to this person's life. The person still pulls out a gun and shoots the guy. Police don't press charges because they stand your ground. He should be forced to prove that stand your ground is a relevant defense here because it's raising an affirmative defense. And in many, many, many cases, raising an affirmative defense requires the people bringing that affirmative defense to show why it should be treated as such. So let's go ahead. We'll take our first commercial break. Uh, come back and take calls as well. That's area code 914-205-5772. 914-205-5772. This is Liberal Band Radio. Talk from the left. That's right. Are you planning a trip to Disney soon? Do you want help avoiding spending mistakes and making the most of your vacation? Then check out BudgetEars.com, a new site devoted to helping you get the most mouse for your money. What kinds of tickets should you get? Is the dining plan a good deal for you? Should you stay on grounds or not? Should you buy park hoppers? Many other sites are filled with information about what other people like to do. But BudgetEars is geared to help you make the best decision for you. So check out BudgetEars.com or go to YouTube.com slash BudgetEars and help make your trip the best it can be. BudgetEars.com is not a travel agency and it is not affiliated with the Disney Corporation or any of its holdings. Are you someone who is looking to get into the ride-sharing business, be it for a side hustle or a full-time gig? Are you currently a ride-share driver wondering how to increase your earnings? Are you simply a new rider looking for first-time rider credits? Head on over to RideshareDan.com for those first-time rider credits, sign-up bonuses for new drivers, and my tips and tricks to help you make more money in the gig economy. And welcome back to Liberal Day and Radio. Talk from the left, that's right. To call in, it's 914-205-5772. That's 914-205-5772. Now, last week, I brought up Donald Trump stating that we've been under Obamacare for 17 years. And, well... Let's just listen to what I said last week, and I'll include my Babe Ruth moment where I'm calling my shot, a two-minute clip. Let's listen. President Trump basically says that for the past 17 years that we've been under the thumb of Obamacare. 17 years, folks. That would make it. 2001 
since before 9-11, we've been dealing with Obamacare. Have we now, President Trump? Now, look, people misspeak all the time. I do it. I just want to know, because of this whole 17 years comment, can we finally let go of Obama's statement about the 57 states? He didn't even say 57 states. He said 50, and then it was a very long pause, as if he was saying, yeah, how many states have you been to? And he was like, 50, and he probably meant to say 47 states, but it just came out 57 states. And oh, Obama thinks we have 57 states. <laughs> well, can we now just shut up about it? Because here we have your idol, Donald Trump, saying you know, Obamacare's been here 17 years. Well, maybe it feels like 17 years. <laughs> I guarantee. Like, I'm going to call into a radio show that's local, the one I often call into, and I'm going to ask them this question about whether or not about 17 years and can we get rid of this. And, and I, I will just guarantee, I'll, I'm not willing to bet any money on it, but I'm certain that someone, maybe even the host will say this, well, it sure feels like 17 years. Huh, huh. He might not. He might. The host might not add the little rednecky laugh. <laughs> but yeah, I'm anticipating that's going to be the response. It sure felt like it. Sure felt like it. It sure felt like it is. Now, if you follow me on Twitter, you'll know that after I aired that show. Now it's about about half an hour into the show. No more than three hours after that show, I made the comment about the, can we please not, the 57 years, stop joking about that. It's obviously he misspoke. It's obviously Trump misspoke. Not less, no more than three hours later, guy comes in, or felt like 17 years. That was great. Proved my point. Immediately. Starting to feel like Babe Ruth. But here's the problem with feeling like Babe Ruth for that. I did not say, I mean, I, I would say that other people might say it, but I said specifically that I would call into a show and that the host of that show would say that it felt like 17 years. That would be the comeback. So, this morning, I had to wake up early for a meeting, decided I'd call in, leave a little bit earlier, start on my drive over, call in, see if I could get a call into the host and see if it would be a reasonable time bring up that question. So, This is from this morning, about another two-minute clip. You're going to want to stay to the very end of this one, folks. There are people today who will today still bring up, I saw the other other day, you know, Barack Obama and his 57-state comments, you know, and obviously it was just a misspeaking. Uh, Nobody who's reasonable believes that Barack Obama believes there is a believes that there were 57 states when he said that, and nobody with a reasonable mind doesn't believe that Donald Trump really meant 17 that he that he really met seven well and, and i appreciate you bringing this to my attention because I, I didn't see where he said that uh was that in a uh, speech recently or when did he say that obamacare was in place for 17 years 
It was it was it was in a press conference of some sort. It was there was there was audio and video of him of him saying that, and you know okay. people of, of course jumped on it because oh uh, you know he he's he's dumb he's dumb. And you know I, I said look right. he, he obviously met seven and obviously misspoke just as okay. President Obama obviously misspoke and there's no reason to yeah. you know make. Well, I, I you know, will I will agree with you in this. To discuss. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I will agree with you in saying that Barack Obama is not dumb. I think Barack Obama is a smart guy. I just disagree with him on his positions. And I also would say this, and uh, Liberal Dan, I appreciate the call, and thank you. Great to hear from you. I would say this. Donald Trump's not dumb, and uh, I think both of them are smart. Uh, I just agree with Donald Trump's positions more than I agree with Barack Obama's positions. I don't think anybody can be elected president uh, being dumb. I don't think idiots get themselves their party nominations and then get elected to the White House. And in the case of Donald Trump, uh, you don't build a you know, multi-billion dollar business being an idiot. You don't succeed in uh, the world of television with a reality show for years being an idiot. You don't become a first-time candidate and beat 16 entrenched opponents and then beat a, a candidate that's got much more money and all the media behind her if, if you're an idiot. I mean, you're pretty darn smart, if you ask me. So, yeah, I guess he misspoke. I guess he meant to say seven as opposed to 17. And uh, it probably feels like 17 years of Obamacare. Maybe it feels like 70 years of Obamacare. But, no, it's uh, seven. All right. Um, thank you, Liberal Dan. Quick time out. Let's get a news update. We'll come- and there we have it. Very end. I was I was waiting. I was waiting for it. I was thinking I might have to get it out of, after the commercial break for from him. But guess what? It happened. And I'm driving. I'm sitting there and I'm driving. I'm listening to his response. And all of a sudden, he says it. Maybe it felt like 17 years. Babe Ruth pointing at the stands, calling a shot. I'm going to hit a home run. He hits a home run. Liberal Dan calling at the stand saying, when I make this argument to conservatives, conservatives are going to respond back with this retort. I hit the home run. So needless to say, I was quite proud of myself with it. Needless to say, I was simply impressed with the fact that I was just able to, maybe I shouldn't be impressed. Maybe I should just be like, you know, you know what? They're so predictable. This wasn't a special thing at all. But I'm still amused by it, so I'll take it. Because holy crap. Holy crap. Again, what I said last week, if you're that predictable, if I can predict what you're going to say before you're going to say it, there's no reason for us to have a discussion. Because I don't need to answer your question. I've already, already answered your question. I probably have already anticipated your answers to the questions before you give them to me. Simple as that. So, I don't... Just amazing. It just... But I don't understand why they are as predictable as they are. What's even sad, sadder, more sad, whatever, is they still get elected. If their arguments are so easily anticipated, then why aren't we beating them more often? They got some smart people working for them. And then the rest of them, again, wind-up toys. As I said last last time, a bunch of wind-up toys. Wind them up, 
They say exactly what you program them to say. That's it. Anyway, let's go ahead and take the next commercial break. Uh, continue. You can call in as well. Um, for the final part of the show, I am going to be talking about Kamala Harris and why I don't think we should be gathering around her and being all excited about her. Anyway, 914-205-5772. This is Liberal Band Radio. Talk from the left. That's right. Are you planning a trip to Disney soon? Do you want help avoiding spending mistakes and making the most of your vacation? Then check out BudgetEars.com, a new site devoted to helping you get the most mouse for your money. What kinds of tickets should you get? Is the dining plan a good deal for you? Should you stay on grounds or not? Should you buy park hoppers? Many other sites are filled with information about what other people like to do, but BudgetEars is geared to help you make the best decision for you. So check out BudgetEars.com or go to YouTube.com slash BudgetEars and help make your trip the best it can be. BudgetEars.com is not a travel agency and it is not affiliated with the Disney Corporation or any of its holdings. Are you someone who is looking to get into the ride-sharing business, be it for a side hustle or a full-time gig? Are you currently a ride-share driver wondering how to increase your earnings? Are you simply a new rider looking for first-time rider credits? Head on over to RideshareDan.com for those first-time rider credits, sign-up bonuses for new drivers, and my tips and tricks to help you make more money in the gig economy. Welcome to Liberal Dan Radio. Talk from the left, that's right. This is your host, Dan Zimmerman, coming at you from New Orleans, Louisiana. To join the conversation, it's area code 914-205-5772. That's the area code 914-205-5772. Now, one of the main reasons I wanted to have this uh, show, or have the topic of the show is be Kamala Harris, is you know, it was even before it came out that she was going to be at Netroots. Um, there was a page... Or there's an article about Kamala Harris and how, you know, perhaps she is one of the favorites in the 2020 presidential election to be the Democratic candidate. So, and here, this is, this is interesting. Because this is this argument that I had took place on this group on Facebook, and it's devoted to you know you know dealing with the results of the last presidential election and going from there. And they seem to give the idea that criticism of a woman candidate by a male is going to be somehow going to be sexist or whatever. And I'm trying to bring up, there it is. Trying to bring up the discussion that was had on there. Because initially, you know, my response 
was no. Um, and my, I used to like Kamala Harris. I used to like her a lot. Saw her as a rising star. Saw her as somebody who maybe we could all get behind. And I believe we could do much better than Harris. I believe that there are other stars out there in the party that will be able to do what we want the progressive candidate to do without the baggage. So what's the baggage? I mean, she's been lauded for things and she deserves and she, she, she absolutely deserves the credit for the, what she does. When she was elected as DA for San Francisco, she promised to never impose capital punishment. People wanted the death penalty uh, for a person who killed an undercover police officer. And Diane Feinstein criticized Harris, who was also at the funeral. So she defied her own party, her own police department, and endured the public humiliation, according to this website, to defy reactionary demands. Um, she, uh, a Republican rival, Secretary like Attorney General, uh, tried to use uh, her anti-capital punishment stance. Um, and she wanted to make it into a referendum on a death penalty, and she didn't move. So good. Uh, she's been a she's criticized the criminal justice system. Uh, she wrote a book, Smart on Crime, a career prosecutor's plan to make us safe. Uh, she wants to be smart and not tough on crime. So she wanted to reform three strikes. Uh, she wanted to get rid of nonviolent three strikes uh, from the system. And she's been progressive. She opposed Prop 8. Um, she uh, supported undocumented immigrants, bid for a law license, sponsored legislation that increased transparency on data collection, opposed the Shoot the Gays ballot initiative, um, filed a brief in the Supreme Court to allow race to be considered in admissions. Um, she also made sure that the Justice Department used body cameras, um, California police need racial bias. So, okay, everything I'm saying here sounds great, right? And she got a big fraud settlement, um, one of the biggest in California or the nation. Uh, she goes after polluters. And as a senator, uh, she has been very outspoken about several progressive issues. So... And then sometimes she'll highlight these things, but then you see a look underneath and you'll see there's an underbelly that maybe might not be what you want to see. Um, federal judge ruled in California's enforcement of death penalty unconstitutional. Harris appealed that decision. So federal judge ruled that California's enforcement of the death penalty is unconstitutional. Harris, who didn't have to appeal the flawed decision, appealed it. Look at the LA Times article, still available. Uh, 
Um, she she said she personally opposes the death penalty, uh, but promised voters that she would enforce it. So even though she thinks the penalty is flawed, she fought attempts to overturn it. Now, that's hypocritical. I mean, I do think that the death penalty has some uses, but if you're going to be upfront and honest about your you you, you want to use the death penalty less, great. You're going to say that you oppose it when you don't. Not so great. How do we trust you? Um, and she has a choice in this matter. She could either have appealed the, the ruling or she could have just let it stand. She was not forced. Her hands were not tied. I'm going to use those words specifically because I'm going to get there in a second. Um, she attacked a rival for uh, the Senate seat um, because the person uh, wanted to fuel the mass incarceration crisis and wanted to send more people to prison, build more prisons, build up mandatory minimums. Uh, she talks about female incarceration, but her truancy status, her truancy plans, where she wanted to fight truancy, and who wants to who wants to oppose somebody who's fighting truancy? I mean, it sounds like it's a good deal, right? You want to make sure kids go to school, right? Well, she sent parents to prison because their kids didn't go to school. So if you're sending parents, and specifically women, to prison, then you're not necessarily being smart on crime. You're not necessarily helping the issues that we're having with our judicial problems with the judicial system. In her book, she says, getting smart on crime does not mean reducing sentences or punishments for crimes. Um, she wants to go after violent criminals, and I have no problem with going after violent criminals. It's fine. Um, but then, like, Harris, who wanted to change three strikes, still defended three strikes for minor felonies. There was a ballot proposition, 66, that would have reformed it by making only serious violent felonies trigger life sentences, but she fought it, and then she wanted to put up another one, but she never put up something that did what she said she would do. Some third strikes were eliminated. Um, And some of the bullishness on uh, three strikes is, according to this site, unusual. Uh, Her Republican opponent for attorney general ran to the left on the issue. And here's, and there's lots of, there's, there's issues of, um, she's supposed to be pro-LGBT rights, but wouldn't allow people to transition or have procedures in prison uh, when judges ruled that they should. So, but the main issue that I have with Larson, not with Larson, with, with Harris with Kamala Harris is this. And again, there are other issues that are problematic, but this is the one that stands out the most. Daniel Larson case. In the Daniel Larson case, you have a situation where a person was wrongly convicted. It usually what will happen if, if somebody if something if a trial went bad and a judge, you know, kind of wants to throw it out. They might, you know, throw out the ruling and then allow for another 
court case take place. Or they might just declare that on an appeal that the person is not guilty. Overrule the previous ruling. That's how it happened. Daniel Larson, who was locked up, was ruled innocent. The judge determined that he was, there was no reason for us to believe that he was guilty of this crime. He was innocent of the crime. Witnesses saw somebody else throw the knife in question under the car. And so when the judge did this, when the judge ruled him innocent, what did Kamala Harris do? She fought it. She fought picking him out of prison. And her office did say that they felt that he still was guilty, even though the the judge found that there was no reason to believe so. But they also said that his paperwork was not timely. Now, I've discussed this on the show. There was a Supreme Court ruling that said that failed paperwork, untimely paperwork, is not an excuse. And I was very critical of that Supreme Court. In that case, if I'm remembering correctly, somebody was told by a judge the filing date is X. The actual filing date was three days before X. He filed it on X. Should be good enough. Judge told you that X is the date. Should be reasonable to rely on that. Nope. It was considered late, and the Supreme Court agreed. So the idea, you know, using late documentation to keep people incarcerated is one way that our prison system stays bloated. Kamala Harris used those same tactics to keep him in prison. So, I mean, I've discussed this a little bit before on the show. And she's done some things in the Senate that are good. I'm not going to say that she hasn't done well in the Senate. She's done well. She's growing a national brand. But, you know, being one of 100 in the Senate, California still wants her as their senator. Cool. That's fine. I'm not going to begrudge them that. I might disagree with it, but they want to do that. That's fine. But here's, here's the issue here. Once she becomes president, if she becomes president, she gets to name who is in the Department of Justice. Now, don't get me wrong. Justice Department of Kamala Harris will probably be many times better I don't even know if many times better is the appropriate way to say it because many times zero is still zero. But many additional times better, I guess. Add on good and then multiply it by several, by many times, and that's how much more good a Kamala Harris Justice Department will be than a Donald Trump Justice Department. Department. That's comparing anything to a pile of crap. 
Oh, it's better than a pile of crap? That's such high praise. I don't want to know what a Kamala Harris Justice Department is going to look like. Because she is seems to be, at this point, one of these prosecutors where winning is more important than justice. It's more important to win than it is to actually seek justice. And these people are problematic in two ways. First of all, it means that you're not going to go after those type, of, those type of prosecutors don't go after the hard cases because if they lose, it goes badly against their record. However, those type of people will also not allow themselves to be, admit mistakes. So if they wrongfully convict somebody, they're not easily swayed to say, oh, well, yeah, I should – we should probably roll that back. We should probably take another look at it. We did something wrong here. That's not what happens in these cases. In these cases, you have career prosecutors who want to be able to make careers for themselves out of their victories and making them as high profile as possible. Look at the Mike Nifong and the rape case over at Duke when he was going after them hardcore and then it turned out that they didn't do it. Because the person said, hey, these, these are the times where these people were here, and some of the people were at an ATM at the, at the moment. So this is not the type of prosecutor that I want to see naming people to the Department of Justice. And progressive-minded folks, I would hope, would be given pause. over this possibility of having her as a presidential candidate because, and and they would repeat things to me on this thread that I'm talking about um, that her hands were tied. She was required to do these things as the attorney general of California. No, she wasn't. They have never once yet showed to me an example in the law where she was required appeal the release of somebody from prison who was deemed innocent. Can't find that in any law book. Can't find it on the internet. Not one place were they able to tell me, look, Dan, this is why her hands were tied. And if her hands were tied on this, why were her hands not tied on Prop 8? They weren't. She could choose to not defend Prop 8. She could have chosen to not def- not defend or fight the release. Daniel Larson, she chose to fight it. And I don't understand why this isn't as big of a problem to some of these liberals as it should be. But but it goes back to what I said earlier. Liberals fall in love. Conservatives fall in line. So you have 
Liberals will be in love with Kamala Harris. She's going to be the best candidate ever. Better candidate than you've ever seen. Best candidate ever. You will have this, and then they'll, and then that candidate will lose, and then these people will be crushed and heartbroken that their candidate lost, and then they won't show up for anything else. They'll just go home. Because their candidate, their person that they were fighting for, is gone. So there's no reason to fight against anything else. No rights can be taken away in off your elections. No, it never happens. But here's the thing that I'll get. This site seemed to be very supportive of women. Women running for office. Wanting women to be able to have a say. And that they should. Women have a disproportionate say in the House and Senate in government altogether, and there should be more women out there. But these people are also against Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. But if it's somehow bad for me to hold their saying, they're claiming that I'm holding Women, especially Kamala Harris, are different standards than men. That's not true. That's complete BS. I'll hold everybody to the same standard. However, I'm trying to hold them to their own standard because now they are attacking Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, um, saying, read this article and see how this young lady's strategy is not to get out the vote, but suppress the vote, blah, 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 blah. I want to see how many vote, folks will say suppressing prime votes is a winning strategy to get out the vote in November. Yada, yada, yada. So it'll be, you know, I haven't had the chance to read that article. The point is there's other art, there's other links like that on that forum. Where they're just bashing this woman. This woman is because, has got a following. Why are you bashing this woman? Is it because she's a woman? Or is it because she, they disagree with her ideas? Maybe they disagree with her ideas or her tactics. They disagree with her ideas and her tactics then why is it not okay for me to do the same? It doesn't make sense at all. And at the end of the day is why I have a big problem with you know, a lot of people that are, quote, falling in love instead of falling in line. I don't want people to necessarily fall in line either, but I want them to be pragmatic. In the primaries, pick who you love. Pick the candidates you want. But make sure, you know, I mean, I remember supporting the candidacy of John Edwards way back in the day, and then it was revealed that, oh, he's problematic. I changed my mind. When it is shown to me that people that I support politically are pieces of crap, changed my mind. I'm not saying Kamala Harris is a piece of crap, but she has some explaining to do. And I want everybody to be making a fully informed decision. And I, I think a lot of people are just willing to bury their head in the sand when it comes to this. And the, the Justice Department is just so vital. And there are, lot, there are many vital parts of the administration, but putting somebody in charge of justice that will that thinks it's okay to fight someone who's released to prison when that person has been ruled factually innocent, that is super problematic. Absolutely problematic. I can't stand behind that right now. And I don't think you should either. 
I think you should, anybody who is currently looking at Kamala Harris and thinking that she's a great possibility, I urge you to take a second, second look. Look at all these other articles about her, about Kamala Harris, that, that show what she stands for and what she's done in her political career has been harmful to other people. And I, I think you're going to find a lot of the same problems that I had with her. And if you don't, fine, vote for her. If you think she's the best candidate, vote for her. I just think that we need to not be so quick to jump on her bandwagon. Period. End of story. Anyway, I'm going to go ahead and end the, end the uh, show early. So we're about 10 minutes early. It's fine. But I think I pretty much made my point. Um, and I'm also getting a little tired. So let's just go ahead and end the show a little early. It's again, if you want to tune in next week, 8 p.m., around at the same time. Um, maybe more bits, more topics, more discussion. Um, again, you can follow me on Facebook.com slash LiberalDan, LiberalDan.com, and at LiberalDanRadio on Twitter. Until next week at 8 p.m. Central, this is Dan Zimmerman with Liberal Dan Radio. Talk from the left, that's right.